Wonder Woman 1984 hit HBO Max at the same time as theaters on Christmas Day. Big change to the status quo of streaming. We'll hear more about these seismic shifts at CES, so let's break down what we expect. I'm Roger Chang, and this is your Daily Charge. With me to discuss this is our media expert, Joan Salzman. Welcome, Joan. Hi, Roger. So what are you expecting from this very special, very remote and virtual CES? Very special CES, indeed. Um, (laughs) Media has always had a a big presence at CES. Um, It's kind of felt like a satellite separate CES in a way. There would be this huge confab of media movers and shakers. They all sort of congregate at the ARIA, so it's it's physically separate from from where the show floors are. Um, And it felt kind of like its own conference in and of itself. It's grown over the years, but of course, like everything else with CES this year, it's going to be completely different. It's all virtual. And a lot of the reason that people go um, meet people in media and in marketing, go to CES is because it gives you that opportunity at the beginning of the year you know everyone's going to be there. You can have meetings. You can try to broker the deals that you haven't been able, didn't, weren't able to get to, get to last year. You can start strategizing stuff for the next year. And so, because we're not physically in the same place, none of that's going to happen. What we are going to have is um, we're still going to have some media um, executives coming to CES, talking on panels. There's going to be an attempt at recreating a party virtually. We'll see how that goes. Um, But the main highlight, the big person that's going to be talking is going to be Ann Sarnoff, who is essentially the the head of Warner Brothers Studios. And Warner Brothers is, of course, the studio that um, made a lot of people in Hollywood go postal for their plan to release all their movies on HBO Max over this year. Yeah, let's let's talk about that. I mean, Wonder Woman 1984, it was a big coup for consumers who already had HBO Max, or if they figured out that they had HBO Max, um, they were able to just stream it right away on Christmas Day. But it didn't, It obviously, we, we talked about this earlier, it, it definitely annoyed or angered a number of folks in, in Hollywood. I'm curious if you think we're going to get any more, I guess, feedback or any more commentary around that from Warner Media. That's certainly what people are most interested in hearing. Um, since... Wonder Woman 1984 was released this way. Basically, it was the first inning of this hybrid, the so-called hybrid strategy of releasing Warner Brothers new movies online and in theaters at the same time for a month. Um, And then those movies come off of HBO Max. Um, And from all indications, the the strategy did really, really well for Wonder Woman. You know, um, it had 16.7 million at the U.S. box office its first weekend, which is the best that any film has done post-pandemic in the U.S. by far. Um, of course, it's it's a fraction of what would happen in normal times, but these are normal times. And so that's why... Um, that's why it's also it also was on HBO Max and HBO's Max's traffic. You know, we don't have a lot of data to go on about how popular it was, but HBO Max has said that viewing hours the day that Wonder Woman 1984 was released on Max tripled compared to a typical day um, the pre the previous month. So by all indications, this strategy's first attempt was successful. Um, what we don't know is whether or not the initial rancor from Hollywood insiders about this plan, whether that success has placated that anger, or if 
Warner Brothers is going to need to make changes to placate some of those um, Hollywood movers and shakers so that it doesn't, you know, completely shred its relationships with big name directors, with stars that are that are disappointed in how things are going out. I don't know if they're actually going to talk about that at CES, but that's certainly what people want to know. Yeah, there's clearly a lot of anticipation for that. I imagine, actually, the, the, the media side of CES would somewhat benefit from the remote nature of the show, because the show has traditionally been all about you know big gadgets, TVs, appliances, things that you want to physically be at the show for, to to touch and to get hands-on time with. With media, you know, a lot of it is, is, is discussing about what's going on with the industry, it's showing off trailers, stuff that you don't actually physically need to be there for. I mean, do you think that 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 aspect of it might, I guess, bolster the media's role in CES this year? No. <laughs> no. I mean, like, even when CES... Every other time when CS has been a physical event, people that go to the media focused element of CS, they don't even go to the show floor. Like, I don't know how many times I've talked to people at um, what's known as C space, which is kind of the general term for the location in the aria where the media focused CES stuff is happening. Anytime I ask someone, Hey, have you actually gone to the show floor? I don't think I've ever heard anybody that said, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I checked it out. Sometimes you'll be like, Oh, maybe at the end when I, if there's some time at the end before I fly out, I might go over there and see what's still happening. But people in media don't go, they don't go to CES to try out physical gadgets and see things in person. They go there to see each other in person. And so the fact that this is a virtual festival just means that not as many people have an impetus to participate because most of the impetus is to go there and see people and interact with them. Yeah. And get, get deals done, connect, network, um, all those things that we're missing in a lot of aspects of our life that those are kind of crucial to participation from the media side. So I think that's why we're seeing a more sedate level of participation. You know, like a lot of companies would go there simply to throw a party. Spotify always would throw, for example, Spotify always throws a party at CES. It always has a really great musical act, shockingly, um, playing. Um, but they're not going to be doing anything. You know, like the idea of going to CES for a lot of media companies is simply that it's important to be there. But if nobody is there's if there's no there there, then they're not going just to in, in a manner of speaking. No, that makes a lot of sense. I think we've we're we're, we're all struggling to figure out how CES is going to play out this year and, and how it's going to work remotely. Uh, there have been a number of conferences that have gone on virtually over the past year. You know, the pandemic has obviously forced folks to, to stay at home. Uh, and a lot of those conferences have really struggled. So we'll see if CS continues that trend or, or does something different. I, I will agree that the element of people meeting face-to-face, -face, striking deals, having these conversations, that's really been one of the, the key reasons why you can attend this show. And, you know, the fact that we're not doing any of that, we can't do any of that is is definitely a real, real hindrance. I'm... Well, let's talk a little bit about, I guess, what streaming looks like over the next couple of months. You know, beyond CES, uh, you know, we've we've got the Wonder Woman thing. We've we've, you know, you've talked about Hollywood's reaction to it. Uh, do you think that that Warner Media either Warner changes its tact and starts to compromise, or do you see some of these other studios or some of these other services? be more aggressive. How do you think streaming is going to play out over the next few months? Or or, or is it sort of status quo at this point? 
I think right now the world is a little bit in of it wait and see mode. For example, we're waiting to see exactly what Disney decides to. Uh, if we're talking here mostly around like cinematic, like releases of cinematic films and how that's going to play out, then um, yeah, we're kind of in a wait and see mode. We know that. Warner Brothers has committed to this hybrid plan where all of Warner Brothers new movies are going to be released on Max and in theaters at the same time. The fact that Wonder Woman's first attempt at that strategy was so successful, I think is going to, I mean, it clearly sets it, it sets that strategy in a good position. Um, the wait and see element is, you know, will it be as successful when it's not as high profile of a title and when it's not the Christmas weekend? Because Wonder Woman's box office plummeted the second weekend after its after its release. Um, it seems like people over the holiday really wanted to take the risk of going to a cinema to see a really big picture at that kind of special time of year where I know like a lot of families going to the movies over that holiday weekend is kind of a tradition. And so when we don't have that sort of tradition compelling people to get to a cinema to see something, when we don't have the fact that it's one of the biggest titles of the year compelling people to go to a cinema to see something, it'll be interesting to see how other films play out under this hybrid model. And then for other studios like Disney, we still don't really know exactly what they're going to be doing with Marvel movies. We know that their general posture is that Marvel Marvel movies like Black Widow are going to get an exclusive theatrical release of some sort. We don't know if that means it'll be for, you know, six months before it comes to Disney Plus. We don't know if it'll be one month before it comes to Disney Plus. We don't know if it'll be one weekend. We just don't know what these gigantic tentpole films are going to be doing, not only from Disney, but also from from other studios um, over the next few months and throughout the year. Um, and then in terms of other things, you know, we've got CBS All Access is supposed to be um, revamping itself into Paramount Plus. That's supposed to be happening sometime early this year. Uh, we just had Discovery Plus roll out. It seems like that was um, more highly anticipated than some people uh, expected, but we don't really know exactly how its popularity has taken hold um, or not in the, you know, roughly, I guess, a few days, only not even a week since, since it launched on Monday. Um, and then, you know, we're reaching the point where Netflix is the only one that still has a really robust pipeline of new programming coming through. We're kind of we've kind of reached that somewhat of a lull where stuff that all that was already in the bank that was already shot um, has been able to go through its post production and been released versus. Now that there are some productions ramping up, we haven't quite reached the moment of most impact where the stuff that is being able to be produced is able to actually be, you know, programmed and put out in front of viewers. Netflix is the only one because Netflix, partly because it has such a gigantic pipeline of stuff that it makes, they are the only ones that have a really frequent cadence of new programming coming out, um, partly because they have such a big pipeline, and partly because Netflix makes series under this bingeable release all the episodes at once model for its series. And that means they have to have their series completed earlier than week to week release series have to do. And so Netflix is the only one that we're really going to be seeing as 
nobody's going to be able to match the cadence in the streaming world that Netflix has. You know, nobody could really match it before, but definitely now. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what draws people in. And then, of course, sorry, I almost forgot. We're going to finally be getting some MCU stuff with the Disney Plus series. Um, You know, WandaVision is coming in about 10 days. Um, And then it won't be very long until Falcon Winter Soldier comes after that. And Loki's not supposed to be very long after that. So for people in the MCU that have been missing that, there's going to be some real Marvel celebrations, I think, over the next month. It has been a while. Last year was the first year we've had in a long time that we hadn't had any real MCU content. So, yeah, lots to look forward to. Still a lot of questions with uh, with streaming and where things go. Hopefully, maybe we get some answers to CS. Maybe not. We'll see. Joan, thanks for your time. You can check out her preview on CNET.com. If you have any questions, hit us up on Twitter at The Daily Charge or sign up for direct text messages from me by heading to CNET.co slash Daily Charge. And if you liked what you heard, please subscribe and rate the podcast. It really helps us out. For The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening.